of the International Secret Police. Clint and Barney are at the home of La Chaute Ring, an important Tibetan who intends aiding them in their pursuit of the octopus. The arch-criminal himself, in the guise of Paul Mounier, also pays the great man a call. He is surprised at the presence of the secret police and says that he will come another time. From his conversation, Clint suspects that something is going on in the pass of the Iron Dagger that he should know about. Accordingly, Z-Ring invites them all to his country home, which commands a view of the pass. Ostensibly, they are there to celebrate a Tibetan picnic day, the incense of the whole world. But from all indications, it won't be any picnic for the secret police. We find the boys looking over the country home of Tsiring shortly after their arrival. Gee, Mr. Tsiring, if I had a nice country place like this, I don't think I'd ever leave it to go to Lhasa. Not my wishes, but business takes me to Lhasa, Speed. I can best direct the education of my people from there. So it is imperative that I go at least once every week. Dawa, my son, does not often accompany me, however. He shares your complete enthusiasm for the country. Yes, indeed. Though it was most fortunate that I accompanied you on this last trip, honored male parent. Otherwise, I might never have met Speed. Oh, I think you two would have gotten together sooner or later, Dawa. You know the old saying, birds of a feather. Birds of a feather? What, Mr. Dunlap? Uh, huh? Why, they uh, fly or sing or something. What are you grinning at, Clint? Help me out, can't you? <laughs> I was wondering where you came out on that one. <laughs> Barney was talking about a proverb of ours, Dawa. Birds of a feather flock together. Oh, flock or fly, what's the difference? <laughs> oh, Barney always gets his proverbs mixed up when he tries to use them. I got more important things than proverbs to remember. Yeah, I'll say so. I see we get an excellent view of the Pass of the Iron Dagger from this porch, Mr. Steering. Yes. We can see it well, but we do not share its weather, fortunately. Even the Tibetan winds, which rage across my country every afternoon, fall to the merest breeze here, scarcely disturbing the amethyst haze that gathers as evening shadows lengthen. I've noticed that purple haze, Mr. Steering. It is unusual in the high altitudes of this country, isn't it? Very. To my knowledge, this is the only valley blessed by such beauty. The peasants think that the valley is haunted by good spirits, that they move about in the amethyst haze. Huh. This valley haunted? Oh, don't say that around Barney. He'll run screaming from the place. Hey, I never <laughs> screamed in my life. <laughs> I wonder if Chief Tipo has arrived in Nantuka by this time. Oh, yes, Speed. It is not far from Lhasa, you know. Then I guess he's given all our messages to Bob Gilmore and Jean and her father. Yeah, wonder how they're getting along. Uh, don't worry about them, Speed. Bob will take care of them all right. And if anything goes wrong, he knows where to reach us. I told Chief Tipo to tell him everything that had happened to us in Lhasa. If he does that, it'll take him a week. Uh, who are these people you speak of, Speed? Bob Gilmore is a secret police operator, Mr. Tsiring. 
He helped us a lot in Hong Kong. Jean and her dad, Dr. Kingsley, were with us there, too. We first met Jean in Honolulu, though. Yeah, funny thing. Speed saved her life, too, Dawa. Pulled her out of the surf at Waikiki Beach. Really? Hmm? Gee, Barney, the guard would have gotten her if I hadn't. Maybe. She was bobbing up and down in the water like a jack-in-the-box, gulping in half the ocean every time she went in under. The ocean. How I would like to see it. You mean you never have, Dawa? Oh, no. Do not forget speed. I have never been out of Tibet, though my American tutor told me of the wonders of the sea. Do you swim? Oh, yes. We have lakes, you know. Fresh water, huh? Gee, you'd like the breakers, Dawa. You swim out of ways, and then if you time one just right, you can ride it in clear to the beach. How wonderful that must be. Like flying. Yeah, unless you time one just wrong, then it's like drowning. <laughs> well, now we'd better get down to business, boys. You bet, Clint. What do you want us to do? Well, I was thinking last evening while the octopus was talking to Mr. Searing, thinking where I'd seen him before, or someone that looked like him. How do you know how he really looks, Clint? He's got enough disguise on his face to hide a gorilla mug. Well, there are certain things that can't be disguised, Barney. Mainly the eyes. Now, I've seen those eyes before. That's easy to explain. You might have seen them through that mask he used to wear. No, it's more than that. And I think that familiarity may prove a valuable clue. But there's only one way to track it down. Uh, what do you mean, Mr. Barlow? To get a picture of him when he doesn't know he's being photographed, Mr. Searing. Now, if I had such a picture, I could telephoto it back to Chief Riley in New York. And he could compare it with those in the rogues gallery of our secret police files. How interesting. Golly, Clint, why didn't we think of that before? Because we'd only been able to talk to the octopus face to face recently. It is going to be difficult to obtain such a photograph, Mr. Barlow, since the octopus asked us not to visit his castle for a few weeks because of his newest experiment. Yeah, that's true, Dawa. And if we should call in spite of that warning, his suspicions would be aroused. Would they not be aroused if he saw you with a camera, Mr. Barlow? He wouldn't see it. Our cameras are so small that they can be worn under a coat or vest without making it bulge. The lens takes the place of one of the buttons. Remarkable. Yes, it's often enabled us to take pictures that we never would have gotten otherwise. And now, our main problem, however, is to visit Paul Mounier as soon as possible, without seeming to go against his wishes. Yeah. What are you frowning about, Speed? Huh? Oh, nothing, Barney. I was just thinking. Well, don't. Every time you think, we run into a mess of trouble. If we could just get that picture, I think we might give the octopus plenty of trouble, Barney. And right now, I'd like to know what he's up to. Especially what he's thinking when he goes to Mr. Searing's house in Lhasa and finds that he and his son have gone to their country home with the secret police. He will suspect nothing, Mr. Barlow. We left word with Chute, the servant, to say that you had been invited here to celebrate the day of the picnic. The incense of the whole world. You don't know that guy yet, kid. If he knows we're here with you all, it won't be incense he'll smell, but trouble. Yes, sir, Dawa. He'll smell trouble. OC21 calling OC40. OC21 calling OC40. Come in, Kwanu. Yes, master. I am ready. I am standing by. Good. Listen carefully. I am not sure, but I suspect that the secret police have enlisted the aid of Tsi Ring. What? They were with him last night when I called. I left saying that I would return today. I've just left Tsi Ring's home. His servant informs me that his master and the secret police have gone to the country home to celebrate some sort of Tibetan picnic day. That may be true. Never. Clint Barlow is not the sort to waste his time at picnics when there is work to be done. I'm returning to the castle immediately. 
But it will take a while to drive there. Be on your guard constantly. Do you expect an attack? I happen to know that Sea Ring's country home commands a view of the pass of the Iron Dagger. Consequently, I expect anything. Were there any slaves brought in last night? Yes, master. Fifty-two. They are in the rooms below. How are they behaving? They do not completely understand their fate as yet. Being peasants, they are stupid. So long as they are fed well and warm, they are reasonably content. Good. Once they are shivering in the Himalayas, they may howl to their heart's content. But now, even though the walls of those rooms are soundproof, the slaves must be kept quiet. You understand, Kwan Wu? Use any means to keep them quiet. I understand, Master. Where are you now? I have driven to the outskirts of Lhasa. I dared not talk over the short wave in the city, lest someone might notice and wonder. This has been my first opportunity to warn you of the close proximity of the secret police. You uh, have seen no one? No, Master. No one but the slaves that were brought in last night. They came in through the secret passage? Yes, but the night was so dark that they could have been brought up the foot trail and no one could have seen them. No matter how black the night, they must always come in the secret way. But I shall be at the castle myself tonight to uh, welcome the new slaves. I shall await your coming with pleasure, Master. This castle is a gloomy, lonely place. Very well. Be on your guard until I get there, Kwan Wu. I shall start immediately. Oh, this is sure a swell dog of yours, Dawa. What's his name? He is called Campo. That means luck or lucky. Yeah? Uh, he was given me by a shepherd of ours when he was just a few days old. <laughs> Had he been left with them, he would probably be very savage by now. These hounds not only fight off intruders from the flocks, but wild animals as well. They must be savage. Well, he looks wild enough, so big and black. He's gentle as can be. Until danger threatens. Then he reverts to type. Uh-huh. Say, Dawa. Uh, yes, Speed? You said your father has lots of sheep and yaws grazing around on his land? Oh, yes. Many large herds between here and the pass of the Iron Dagger. Uh, here, use these field glasses. You can see them plainly. Thanks. Boy, I'll say he has plenty. Uh-oh, there goes an automobile. Why, so it is. That is unusual on that road leading to the pass. Who's in the car? Now, wait a minute. Now I can see... It's Paul Mounier, the octopus. By this time, he knows we've left Lhasa. I wonder if he's angry. He's driving awful fast. Say, do you think I could borrow some of your father's sheep, Dawa? Borrow sheep? Why, yes, Speed, but why? Well, I've been thinking. We haven't got a chance of getting a picture of the octopus for quite a while, if we wait like he wants us to. But if I could get up there to his castle without him knowing it was me, I bet I could snap plenty of pictures without him knowing anything about it. Oh, but that is impossible. He would recognize you, Speed. You would be in great danger. He wouldn't know me because I'd be disguised as a shepherd. Those sheep would put the idea over, and maybe you'd let me borrow Kampo, too, if he's a sheepdog. You could disguise yourself as a Tibetan? Sure, I've done it before and fooled him. I changed the disguise on my face this time, but everything else would be the same. I've got the right clothes, and that camera of Clint's would fit under the yaw-skin vest just fine. Oh, but your uncle, he would not allow you to go to the pass of the Iron Dagger alone. No, not if he knew about it. You mean, you will tell him nothing of your plan? Yeah, that's right. I don't like to do it that way, but I'd never get the first base if I told him. Will you help me, Dawa? It's important that we get that picture. It may clear up the whole case. I'll help you, Speed. And more. What do you mean, more? Two shepherds are going to the pass with their flock of sheep. I'm going with you. <laughs> 